Davis. I thought your analysis of this book was spot on. You've called Harry despicable for trying to trash the royal family's reputation and dragging them below even what the Kardashians uh, would get up to. So from an American perspective, do you think he has succeeded in damaging the monarchy or is the biggest damage actually to the brand of himself and Meghan? Without question to himself and Megan, I think that Americans were split 50-50 maybe a couple of months ago when it came to Harry and Megan. But the problem is that they can't close their mouths and they just keep talking and it seems more and more petty. I mean, I was early on this. Uh, when Megan and Harry were still in the royal family and living at Frogmore, I wrote an open statement on Twitter, which you can go back and look, that she was going to end up back in the United States and in Los Angeles because I just saw her coming. She's a D-list actress and all she's ever wanted to do was be invited to A-list events. And she's been a social climber from the beginning. She married somebody the first time to socially climb. And for her, uh, Harry was just an entry ticket into all of those circles. Unfortunately, she found someone. She's not very intelligent. She's not very talented. Uh, nobody in America was watching Suits. She was an actress that was living in Canada. Right. And fortunately for her, and credit to her, she found someone that is dumber than her. And that's that's the truth, is that Harry's just not a very smart person. And if there's one thing that this book definitely is not, it's a good advertisement for Eaton, right? I mean, if, if if I'm thinking about whether or not I want to send my call, my son, Ian, I'm telling you, I'm thinking now, ooh, uh, did this guy graduate? He begins his book with a quote he says is from brainyquote.com. And then he says he found out that it was from William Faulkner and, and thought to himself, who the F is William Faulkner? He put this in his book. It just it instantly lets you know how non-academic he is. And, and so you feel bad for him only because I do believe that he is a victim of his own stupidity. And I, and I mean that, and I'm saying heartfelt, just so you know, that is the best case scenario is that Harry is a victim of his own stupidity. And he's also tremendously privileged. And when I read this book, I just said that the new title, it should either be spite or privileged. He actually believes that the things that he has lived through has rendered him a victim. He thinks uh, he goes uh, in, in this prologue, he starts talking about attending, I believe, Eaton College. I think it was the prologue. And he, he sort of recounts this story about how William said to him that he didn't want to hang out with him at school at Eaton. That has happened in every family in the entire world. Siblings don't want to hang out with each other in school. You're trying to distance yourself from your siblings so you can establish yourself as a person. It doesn't make Harry a special individual. It makes him regular. That he had the nerve to put into his book that while living in Balmoral, Balmoral Castle, a castle, an actual castle, he details it has 50 rooms. And his gripe is that he had to share a room with William and that he got the, the bad half of the room in a castle with 50 rooms. Is this supposed to be relatable? It's not very relatable. Every person under the sun as a younger sibling, forget being the heir or the spare, understands that the older sibling is afforded certain privileges, like the bigger room. That happens in households all across the world. But Harry actually believes that this is some slight against his childhood. And then I just want to add here, going back to uh, why I do believe that he is a victim of his own stupidity. He writes this this one paragraph where he details how he's always been the spare, right? He's always been the spare and that he was told explicitly, he uses the word explicitly, that he existed to perhaps provide a spare kidney or some spare bone marrow. Let me tell you, Dan, okay? I don't need fact checkers. That just never happened. Nowhere in the history of the world did ever turn over to a younger sibling and say, yeah, no you way. exist for a spare kidney no or way. for some spare bone marrow. That's not even how it works in the medical field. Yeah. Just because you're a sibling doesn't mean that you're necessarily a match. So it's so ridiculous. And uh, you know, to me, it ranks as a great trove of comedy. And I agree with all of that, right? But even a lack of intelligence, Candice, 
does not excuse the way that he has thrown his own flesh and blood under the bus mm. to make millions and millions of dollars and seek a deranged sort of revenge because he's been manipulated by his wife. I mean, it's inexcusable the way that he talks about his father and his brother. And even, I couldn't believe this, he even slags off the late queen and her late sister, Princess Margaret. It's almost like no one is safe from him. You know, actually, the ugliest part is that he included his niece, Charlotte, crying mm. over a bridesmaid dress. It's so remarkably petty. And the idea that you would use a toddler for book fodder and clearly excerpted text messages. We don't really know what's happened. He's being very careful to say, you know, I don't know what this part is. His memory gets very foggy when we have the potential to, to receive some clarity about who his wife is. He was quite I think she is actually quite rude. She was quite rude to Kate. He gets memory gets foggy when it's convenient. Then he has sharp and crystal clear memory whenever he he wants to basically sell to us that he and his wife are victims. But you are correct, and I will say this. Americans have a very big appetite for drama. That's why they moved to L.A. It was always her plan to get back into L.A. It's why she called Tyler Perry a perfect stranger and boo-hooed on the phone and called and told him everything, even though she had never spoken to him prior, because she wanted to get back into L.A., and Tyler Perry is a billionaire. She's very easy. To, it's very easy to understand Megan and what her desires are. But what I will say is that even for Americans, turning your back against the family is a step to too far. You can maybe do that once and claim racism and you had everybody believing that this must be it in the fog of Black Lives Matter and George Floyd when everyone was going crazy. But now there's more There's more of a, a sober analysis on what's taken place. It seems too petty. It's gone too far. Not even the Kardashians. That is perhaps the example of the most crass family that we have in America. They put everything on display. But I will tell you one thing about the Kardashian sisters. They are loyal to one another. Yes. And that is the reason why people like them, right? They, they, don't, they don't ever yeah. sell each other down the river and they are very very close-knit, tight family, and people enjoy that. What Harry is doing and that any wife would stand by and allow her husband to do this. I mean, there are some parallels. You know, my husband and I, obviously, he's English. We fell in love at the same time. I'm an American girl that came from nothing. You know, my husband's family has a bit more than me. My, my uh, husband's father is in the House of Lords. And it was, you know, to understand the English culture, how do we end up on opposite sides of it? Why do I not think the UK is a racist country? Why do I think that the royal family is this wonderful traditional thing that's existed for a long time that has united the UK. And nobody even knew that Meghan Markle was black until she wanted to, to tell us this. She never said she was black throughout her entire career, never spoke about her blackness. But when she needed an excuse to get out of being a bad person, she used it because the moment was right, as I said, mm. during all the Black Lives Matter protests and in the well, yeah. same way, and this is a bad thing to say, uh, Harry has used Princess Diana as an excuse and as a shield and something that is obviously very sad and a tragedy for any child to experience. He is now using it to say, well, you can't critique me because I am Princess Diana's son and I suffered this tragedy. Well, guess what? So did William. So did Prince William. And what you are doing to him, what you have done to his daughter, what you did to Charlotte, your niece. I mean, how dare you? Honestly, how could you ever do that to a little girl to put that into a book, something so personal and perfectly normal and to do that to his wife, Catherine? I mean, what has Princess Catherine ever done to Harry but love him? He should be ashamed of himself. Yeah, I suspect he, he is because, because you can lie to the entire world. When you have quiet moments, you cannot lie to yourself. Yeah, and indeed, and in the book, he even describes Kate as the sister he never had. Well, funny way to treat your sister. Uh, you, you, you mentioned Meghan's... Uh, shall we say, changing views on race. You have actually said in all of Spare and all of the characters spoken about in Spare, the people spoken about in Spare, you believe Meghan, Meghan Markle is the most racist person in the book. Uh, what do you mean by that? 
What I mean by that is that if you go back and you look throughout Meghan Markle's entire career, she never wanted people to know that she was black. She never wore that on her sleeve. She never spoke about her blackness. Uh, if, if we had looked at her, I maybe would have assumed that she was Hispanic. No one would have ever guessed that she was black. It was never relevant to where she wanted to be in her career. And the first time that you find that Meghan mentions her blackness is when she wants to get out of the royal family, even at the wedding. The only black people she had were billionaires that she wanted to be on their shows. She had Oprah and she had Gail King and she had her mother, uh, who is partially black. But Meghan Markle didn't have any of her black family members at her wedding. This is not a, this is a woman that was escaping her blackness throughout her entire life until she realized that it could be used to her advantage. And I find that to be despicably racist. When you say the only value that being black has to me is when I can use it to get ahead and to climb the social ladder. And that's when I'm going to mention it. And I'm going to use it as a shield so you can't say anything because I'm black. And how dare you speak about a black person in a negative way? Because she realizes that I don't have to face any critiques. I'll just call it racism. And then nobody will be able, everyone will have to excuse my behavior. I find that to be despicable. It, it's, a, it's a very bad view, view of black Americans to have. And I want to be clear that it's not the way that most of us think. And so I, I, I'm so disgusted. Now she's done a 23andMe because she wants people to know what percentage of Nigerian she is. She suddenly became interested in knowing what percentage of Nigerian she was at the ripe age of 41 years old. I mean, do me a favor, spare me, Harry, spare me. What's interesting, though, reading the book, you can just tell how manipulated and sucked in he is by his wife. I mean, Candace, he still believes, he still believes that Meghan had no idea who he was. He says multiple times in the book, she's never Googled me. She's never Googled my family. She has him wrapped around her little finger. And that's not to say that Harry shouldn't take the blame. I've always said right from the start, I think they are both to blame for their actions. But he is manipulated by her, is he not? Absolutely. And what's so funny about that is Megan is a trained actress. What she does is that she studies people. She's not a good actress, but she is a trained one, right? She's been doing it her entire life. And there is no doubt that she studied Princess Diana. She studied her mannerisms towards Harry when he was a boy and the way that she grabs her face. And this is the psychopathic elements of what she does, uh, putting a pregnancy text next, next to Princess Diana's hair, saying that she put her hands on the grave to have a conversation with her, bursting into tears. And she has convinced, there's a thing called in psychology called the Freudian transfer. She has convinced Harry that she is Princess Diana, except this time he has an opportunity to save her. That is the truth. And, and it's worked, right? So she's done this convincing performance for Harry that I don't know how I ended here. I just love you. And I'm just like your mom. And the one chance that you had to save your mom again, when, she, when he recounts that tale and the things that she said, she threatened homicide on her unborn child and suicide on herself. And, and then she convinced Harry that it was his idea to use to leave the UK. No, of course, if you couldn't, threatened to commit suicide and homicide against my child, you basically said to Harry, you need to do something radical or I'm going to take my life. And that something radical was to leave the UK and to leave the royal family. And yet he believes that this was his own idea and not that these ideas were manipulated and planted into his head by Megan. As I said, he just isn't very bright. He actually believes everything that that she says to him. And, and unfortunately, I don't see how he can get out of it because he's got no one around him. It's a perfect example when you learn about abusive relationships, isolating someone entirely from their friends and their family, making them believe that their friends and their family are the enemies. I mean, these are classic signs of an abusive relationship. She has accomplished all of them. Getting him to speak loudly, speak out against his family. I mean, what late stage of, uh, of, of victimhood is he in right now? So he is. I, I'm angry at Harry Hoyt's son to his family. There is a part of me that does see him as a true victim in a very dangerous relationship that he is being manipulated within.